want to give a special thanks to CCC Rochester. Um, it's been a while. We've really wanted to say thank you to you guys in a special way. Um, so this uh, video is just a, a thank you for your support, your love, and your generosity towards uh, the ministry here at this refugee camp. I uh, just wanted to give you a really uh, a big thank you to really giving sacrificially for this kingdom work because of you guys' gifts. We just had tremendous opportunities in this camp. Uh, you've provided more and more opportunities for relationship. One of the things we were able to do as after the, the fire is we were able to help them rebuild. And as you can see here, where there is nothing, there is a camp that's thriving again. They survived rainy season well. Uh, we were able to help with tarps to go over to waterproof their tents. We are able to help buy them some food as they were in desperate need. Your gifts made all of that possible. I just want to give you guys just our sincere thanks. Thank you for your partnership, partnership in the gospel, partnership in this work. Uh, we truly can't do it without people like you um, that give and give sacrificially for this work that we're a part of. We're thankful for the opportunity that God gave us today to come to the IDP camp for one last time. And we're just so thankful that we've um, been able to see the improvements that have been made because of CCC's work here. And even though the CMA is, uh, is leaving uh, this country, um, we know that uh, some people are coming in to help continue the work at the IDP camp. And the connection that we've started there as a church will continue. So we're so grateful for your support. Thank you. Thank you. That's sweet. That's from West Africa. So I just want you to know, I'm, I'm so proud of our church and so grateful that Marie and I get to be part of what God's doing and what we get to do together. And um, your generosity when you give to Christ's community and then we as an organization, as a church family, get to give to that kind of stuff makes a huge difference in people's lives and their everyday life and also in their eternity. And so we wanted you to see that little story there. And um, thank you for, for your generosity. And because we're a generous church, like that's part of our vision statement, that we wanna be a church of generous people. Because we're a generous church, um, I wanna wrap up this series that we're in for the month of February by talking with you about being generous. We're talking about these seeds that God wants to plant into our lives and how we get to nurture them and then watch them grow and bear fruit in our lives, the lives of the people who are around us. And so this weekend, we're gonna talk about God planting a seed of generosity in your heart, in my heart, and, and what that would look like for us to nurture that and tend that and then be able to see it grow and bear fruit in our lives. And so as we talk about generosity each week in this seed series, and we've had a little phrase to go with the seed that God's planting in our lives. And so this weekend, we're talking about having an open heart and then open hands. And we'll kind of walk through that a little bit in our time together. But just as we begin to think about this, having an open heart and open hands, letting God do his work of generosity in us and his work of generosity through us. So to, to kick this off today, I want to I show you this word. I don't see it very often. Um, I haven't uh, seen it or read it since... Um, I read a book, Chuck Swindoll, back in 2014. He wrote a book, and I read it in 2015. And so the word is magnanimous. Um, I haven't seen or heard it since then that I'm aware of, and it just stuck with me in that moment when I was reading that book. And so I'm giving you, like, this is Daryl's definition of magnanimous. It's kind of my summary of what Chuck was writing about. If you look up dictionary definitions, this is what you'll see. 
Really being magnanimous is being sacrificially generous, no strings attached, even to people who don't deserve it. And so this quality of, this is where it's fun for me. Like, I don't know if it's like, is it magnanimosity or is it magnanimousness? I don't know what it is, but this quality of being magnanimous in our lives, like this is, I think this is what happens when God plants that seed of generosity in us and we begin to nurture it and it bears fruit in our lives is we get to be a person who is sacrificially generous with no strings attached even to people who don't deserve it, and we get to be involved in God doing really cool things in other people's lives. So as I kind of think about that definition and just kind of am thinking about it, just right there, sterile, on the screen, if you're reading that and that first word is sacrificial, and it's like, okay, so this is gonna cost me something, why would I wanna be like this? Right? Why, why would I wanna, so where I am, if I'm comfortable where I am, why would I wanna be a person who takes steps towards being magnanimous, being generous and letting God grow generosity in my life. And I was preparing for our time together and I was thinking about that and I thought, well, the opposite of magnanimous is really like being, being stingy and, and hard-hearted. So, so maybe that's persuasive. I mean, it's like church of stingy people who like, nobody wants to be part of that church. But I was also thinking about something that Jesus said. He said it in the Sermon on the Mount. And this is, it's in Matthew chapter six, verses 22 and 23. And Jesus, he's talking about giving and about an eternal perspective and storing up treasures in heaven. And he says, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are healthy, and that word that he uses for healthy, he talks about being generous. It has, it has an emphasis of being generous on it. So if your eyes are generous, your whole body's gonna be full of light. This, it's a good, healthy thing for you as we are cultivate generosity. If our eyes are generous, if we look at the world through a lens of generosity and we take the world in through a lens of generosity, like our whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy or if they're stingy is the emphasis of that idea, if, you're, if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body's full of darkness. And if the light you have is dark, like how great that darkness is, Jesus says. And so, so as we think about this quality of, of generosity and of, of moving towards this idea of being magnanimous, I mean, Jesus holds this out for us. Like there's, there's a lot in this for people like you and me to see the world with generous eyes and to receive that world, see it through generous eyes. It's a beautiful opportunity that we have for the light within us, just us to enjoy that light and also for the people who are around us to be able to enjoy it as well. So as I'm thinking about being magnanimous or about being somebody who's cultivating generosity in our lives, there are two, two different people that I think about that they really inspire me. One of them's from modern times and then one of them's from the Bible. And so the, the modern times guy is a guy named Bob Goff. None of you know Bob's name. He's a, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's written several books. I didn't know his name until a number of years ago when a guy who was on one of my teams at the church we were at at the time, he went to this really big conference. There was a speaker there named Bob Goff. And so he came in like tens of thousands of people in this conference. They're in, they're in like a football stadium, a pro football stadium. So tens of thousands of people at this conference. And my, my guy on my team, he comes back from this conference. He said, Daryl, it was amazing. This guy named Bob Goff, he gave this talk. And at the end of the talk, there are tens of thousands of people in this stadium. At the end of the talk, he put his phone number on the screen. And I said, what? what? 
And he said, he, he put his phone number on the screen. And I said, well, have you called it? And he said, no. And I'm like, you chicken? What's like, are you scared he's going to answer or what? I just do poke him a little bit. And, and so at the next small group meeting that my friend and his small group had, they called that number. You know who answered? Bob Goff. And he, and he talked with them as a small group. And the seeds of that talk that Bob Goff gave at that conference actually became the book Love Does, which maybe you've read Love Does. At the end of Love Does, you know what he did? He gave everybody who reads that book his phone number. His phone number is in the back of that book. And if you call his phone number, he answers to me, like, this is the most incredible thing to me. You don't get his admin. You don't get an intern. Like, you get Bob Goff, and he will talk to you. And there are enough people I know that have called that phone number that have talked with this guy. And that's how he lives. Like, he just lives wide open. He lives, he lives with this radical yes that he's saying. And so that's part of his, like, part of his life and his philosophy of his life. He's just, he's just available to people. And when I think about like generosity being nurtured and cultivated in somebody's life like that, that's one example that really inspires me. I'm not going to give you my phone number at the end of this time together, but looking at somebody who is like, who's willing to share himself in that way. That to me is an amazing thing. The other person that inspires me, and this is the guy from the Bible. And other than Jesus, this is my favorite character in the Bible. It's, um, it's Abraham. And there's this one scene from Abraham's life that I want to show you where he is demonstrating generosity in, in his life. But I can give you a little backstory on this before we read the story. So, so God appeared and we know him as Abraham, but, but he was Abram early on. God changed his name and he's identified in the Bible as the father of people of faith. So this is an important guy and, and he's somebody we should be looking up to and looking towards. And so he's identified as the father of people of faith because what happened was God appeared to Abram and he said, Abram, I'm going to give you a land, like I'm going to give you this place for you and for your descendants, and I'm going to give you a family, and that family is going to become a nation, like a great nation of people, and what was astounding about that promise was at that point, Abram had been married to his wife, Sarah, for a long time, and they had not had any kids, like they were unable to have children, and God says, I'm going to step into this deal and I'm going to give you a family, and that family's going to become a nation. And then on top of that, so you get the land, you get the family promise. And on top of that, through you, through your family, through this nation, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. So God just shows up, and it seems like it reads in Genesis chapter 12, it reads like God's just showing up out of the blue to Abram and, and makes him this offer. And Abram's faith response in that, what was required of him was he was saying yes just to go to the land. Like you go to this land that I'm going to show it to you. It's the land that I'm going to give to you someday. So if you'll go there, then I'll do these things for you. And so Abram had said yes. And he had gone to this land that God was promising to give to him. So at this point in the story, he still doesn't have any kids. Like there's no family and he's wondering about that. And he's trying to figure out with this blessing, all the nations like through me, what is all that going to be? But here he is, this, this guy who is in this land that God has promised to give to him. And he is, he is trusting God and saying yes to receiving these promises of God. And with him, and in all that time, God's blessing him. And his blessings, God's blessings are in multiple ways. One of them is material blessings. And he's becoming wealthy as, his, as he's preparing for his family to grow and become a great nation. And so he's got his nephew Lot with him. And so in, in Genesis chapter 13, starting in verse 5, so now Lot 
who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. So Uncle Abram, nephew Lot, and they both got a lot of stuff. And the land could not support them while they stayed together because their possessions were so great that they weren't able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's, right? They're responsible for, I'm responsible for Abram's sheep. Well, I'm responsible for Lot's sheep. And you guys are taking up all the grass and the water. And you're taking up the grass and the water. And so these guys are just, they're arguing over this. And they're trying to figure it out. And so I guess it boils up to Abram and Lot. And so Abram says to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we're close relatives. It's not the whole land before you. So let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So you choose, dude. Whichever way you go, I'll take the other spot. Like you, you take your sheep, your, your tents, your herd. Like you go that way. And whatever way you go, I'll go the other way. And so, so Lot looked around and he saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered like the Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east and the two men parted company. There's more to this story. If you read a little farther, you can see like the consequences of Lot's decision. But Abram came to Lot and he said, hey, listen, man, you go one way, I'll go the other. And Lot's like, cool. He looks up and he looks around and he says, the best stuff, the most beneficial thing to me is to the east. So I'm, I'm going, like I'm taking myself and going to the east. Um, Uncle Abram, good luck for you, right? You get, you, get, you get the other stuff. You get the leftovers. And what I love about Abram in this moment, because remember, God has promised to give him this land. God has promised to give him this land and he is giving it away, right? He's, he's giving this land away. How's God gonna fulfill his promise? To, like, how is all this gonna flow out what God's promising to do for Abram if he's given this thing away? And what I love about Abram in this moment is, is he is, as he's, as he's practicing cultivating this generosity that God's placed in his heart, the first thing about him is that he's really relationally driven in this. He's, he is relationally driven he looks at his nephew and says, hey, like we're family. And family's way more important than stuff. So, so you figure it out, man. Like Whichever way you go, I'll be good with that. And, and whatever you don't take, like I'll take that part. So, so you go. And so there's this, there's this relational driven piece to him. And generosity is always about people. Generosity is always about people. It's not about stuff. It's always about people. And it's about having an impact in the lives of people. It's about betterment of other people, not only their physical betterment, but also their spiritual betterment. And when we're generous, like, that relational piece is really important for people who are learning to take next steps in generosity. It's, it's about people and it's about relationships with people. And so, so in this moment, Abram is really being relationally driven. The other thing that I really, it's, I think is great about Abram is his humility. His humility, so in his culture, he was the patriarch. So Abram's like, he's the guy, he's in charge. And Lot was traveling with him. They weren't together in the same place. And, and it wasn't like Lot was the guy that Abram was with. Lot's a young guy making it all and he's dragging his old uncle around. That's not how that deal worked in those days. In those days, Abram is the patriarch and he is in charge. And it would have been entirely appropriate for Abram to look at Lot and say, okay, Lot, listen, we can't stay in the same place, obviously. So I'm going here and you're going there. And had Abram done that, 
Lot would have said, okay, Uncle Abram, that sounds right. And everybody around him would have said, yep, that's the way it should be. The patriarch tells the younger guy what he's going to do and where he's going to go. And, and instead, Abram, he, just, he holds this stuff loosely and he has this incredible amount of humility. And he, just, he looks at his nephew and says, hey, you can make the choice. The land is open before us. You, you go ahead. Like this, like you could have it. So he's, he, he gives him this, he gives Lot the opportunity to choose because of the humility that he has in his, in his heart and his life. He doesn't have to be in charge. He doesn't have to be in control. He's just kind of turning loose of this stuff. And that's the way generosity functions. There's a humility that comes with generosity. When we release things, we release things. And, and so, so Abram models that for us, that, that piece of humility. And then the last part of all this is, is the generosity. He gave away the best part. He, he gave away the best part. It's, it's really easy to give the stuff that is like, well, I wasn't really using it anyway. Or, boy, things would have to be bad before I would move to that side of this land. But he, like, he gave away the best part and he was willing to just turn it all loose in, in the name of family and in relationship and in nurturing this magnanimousness, magnanimosity that God planted in his heart. I mean, it was just, it was just beautiful moment for him. And so, so Abram, so Abram holds this thing that God's given to him, this land, he holds it really loosely and he actually gives it away in this, in this season of generosity in his life. And after he gives it away to Lot, what God does next is, is equally astounding. And so after he gives this away, God responds to Abram's generosity towards Lot. This is verse 14 of chapter 13. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are. Look north, look south, look east, look west. Like look around from where you are. Look all the, all the land that you see, I'll give to you and your offspring. Not you and your nephew, I'll give to you and to your offspring forever. I'm gonna make your offspring like the dust of the earth. Remember he promised to give him land, he promised to give him family. I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted and Abram, go and walk through the length and breadth of the land. I'm giving it to you. And so, and so Abram had enough experience with God that he, that he believed him in this. And, and so what, what God did, Abram was willing to, like, he was willing to turn things loose. And this is how God is. When you turn stuff loose, God gives it back to you. And so Abram had turned this loose in this, in this act of generosity, responding to what God was doing in his life. He turns loose of this, for the well-being of his nephew, for the well-being of someone else, for the well-being of a guy who didn't deserve it. He turned it loose and God gave it back to him because that's who God is. And Abram had enough experience with God to know that if he would be, like that God had been generous with him. And because God had been generous with him, he was free now to be generous with, with the people who were around him. He could, he could turn loose of what he thought was his because he knew that God would make sure that he had enough. And so as I think about myself and I think about us, if we're gonna be the kind of people who move forward in being generous, it really starts with our personal experience, my personal experience, your personal experience with the generosity of God. You have, before you can be generous, you have to encounter the generosity of God. 
So thinking about that, there's a couple of Bible verses that, that, that talk about God's generosity towards us. And I think these are, these, are, these are great statements to grab onto, to kind of wrestle with, to, to evaluate if you're experiencing this. Like if, if you've encountered the generosity of God when you hear this 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And grace is this undeserved favor. It's, it's God's gift to people like you and me. It's this magnanimous, you know? So you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you could become rich. And Jesus is the... He's the son of God and he's God the son and he is, inhabits heaven and he is the focal point of heavenly worship, the angelic beings. Like, he has their attention and their worship and he, he chooses, he's rich and he chooses to leave for, for your sake, for my sake, he was rich, he became poor. And he comes into our world and takes on human flesh, becomes one of us is born in a stable, born in the dirt, in a little out-of-the-way place in Bethlehem. And he enters into our kind of life and submits himself to our kind of living. He, he becomes one of us and walks miles in our shoes. He was rich, and for our sake, he became poor. And he ends, like his poverty ends, the humility of Jesus, it ends on a cross. He didn't just come to be human, he came to live and to die and enter into death. And through his poverty, he, he becomes poor so that you and I could become rich. Because in Jesus, you and I get to experience every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Jesus, all the promises that God makes to people in Jesus, they are yes, and you and I get to say amen to these things. So you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you, if you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you have experienced this. He was rich, and for your sake, he became poor so that you could become rich. Like You get to exchange your spiritual poverty for, for the spiritual richness that he wants to give to you. This is the generosity of God towards us. We didn't earn that. We didn't deserve that. There was nothing about you, and there's nothing about me that makes this something that God should be obligated to do or that God should somehow say, oh, look how... Like, no, this is about the generosity of God towards us and that he would move towards us in Jesus and people like you and me in all of our poverty. Through Jesus, we get to become rich. Romans chapter eight, verse 32, speaking of God. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Like how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give us all things? Isn't that a great question? Like, to people who are considering you know, if we talk about generosity, we talk about sacrificial generosity when you think about your life and all the things. And I look at a guy like Bob Goff who'll give away access and time and energy to other people and wonder, like, how do you do, like, if God says, hey, I want you to give everybody your phone number, well, God, how, like, how could I, how can I do that, right? I'm giving everybody my phone number. In, in, in American Christendom, you can have Bob Goff's phone number and he will answer how does he do this? Because not only does God give you his son, the freedom that comes from our sin, the forgiveness, the peace that we have with God, like he gives us all of that and, and if he'll give you that, 
what's he going to hold back from you? Right? And I think we tend to live our lives in such a way wondering like, okay, so, so could I really give this away? And you fill in the blank on what this is. Could I really give this away? Could I really live with open hands around this? Well, yeah, if God's calling you to like, if that's your next step in generosity, he didn't withhold Jesus from you. If he's willing to give you Jesus, then he'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. He may not give it to you before you need it, but he will give you what you need. He didn't spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all. So how will he not also, along with Jesus, graciously give people like you and me all things? We encounter the generosity of God. And as we encounter the generosity of God, then that kind of empowers us to be generous people. And so we get to say some next steps. We get to take some next steps and I'm just going to offer you three faith statements that this weekend, if this, if this is for you, I think we all have next steps in generosity, but each, each week as we're talking about these different seeds, I know they're resonating with different people in different ways. And, and for some of us, maybe it's like, okay, I need to take some next steps in this. And for some of you, like, this is the thing. Like, this is, this is the thing that God is working on me, that God is planting this seed in me. I need to grow in this this year. And if that's you, then there's, there's some faith statements that I think would be good for you to make. So the first one is a faith statement of in and through Jesus, I have more than enough. In and through Jesus, I have more than enough. And to be able to see, like to see through the eyes of generosity and to see out, like to take in the world with generous eyes and to see the world through generous eyes and to recognize that he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, like how would he not give me everything? Everything I need in and through Jesus, I have more than enough. And so if this is a time conversation, you have more than enough time in and through Jesus. God's not gonna hold time back from you. If this is a money conversation, in and through Jesus, God has given you everything you need. You have the resources to be generous. Like he will give you the resources to be generous to the extent he's calling you it's an energy conversation. Like, how can I serve those people? How could I go? To... God didn't hold Jesus back. Why would he hold back from you now on these other things? And so in and through Jesus, a faith statement. Like, I'm just trusting God that in and through Jesus, I have more than enough. Not just, not just enough, not less than like I have more than enough. So I have plenty to share with other people. The second one of this, God's been generous to me so that he can be generous through me, right? All the gifts, all the gifts that God gives to people, they are for us, they are so for us to enjoy and to participate in and to experience. So he, he gives us good gifts, they are for us, but they're not just for us, they're for the people who are around us. And so God has been generous to me so that he can be generous through me. And to, and to recognize, just again, this is a faith statement because sometimes, sometimes the natural, like where we bend towards is, like, I don't really know why God's been generous to me. We could, we could land there or we could kind of look at ourselves a little more highly than we ought to look at ourselves and think, well, I understand why God's been generous to me. Look, you know, look how hard I work or look how good I am or look how this person. Like we, you come up with your reasons. But the truth of the matter is the reason God's been generous to people like you and me with what you figure out the resource is so that he can be generous through us. In the little video that we started our time together with, there are, there are thousands of people in a, in a displaced people's camp in West Africa who, who not only, like they got to survive rainy season because of the generosity of this church and they got to hear about and experience Jesus's love and care for them. 
He's been, he's been generous to us so that he could be generous through us. And in that generosity, we get to impact the people whose lives are around us. And so I think there's this next statement. And again, this is a faith statement. I'm gonna take a next step. Like I'm taking a next step. My next step is I'm gonna be a person who lives with an open heart and with open hands. And, and these are in order. These are in order. Open heart comes first. Our heart open to God. We have to encounter the generosity of God before we can be his kind of generous in the lives of people who are around us. To have a heart that's open to God that's saying yes to what he's offering you through Jesus. His, his forgiveness, his life, peace with God. I mean, the offer is, the offer is eternal that he's, he's making to us in and through Jesus. So my heart first is open to God. And as my heart's open to God, it's open to other people. We talked about this a little bit last week. We talked about loving God with all of who we are and then loving our neighbor the way we love ourselves. Those two things per Jesus, the conversation that he had as we begin to explore that last week, those two things go together. You can't, you can't, you can't be open, your heart be open to God and have it shut to other people. And, and your heart can't be open to other people in the deepest and most important places of your heart. If your heart's closed to God, you, you can be nice, you can be kind, you can share, you can be socially appropriate in a lot of different ways. But the people who are around you, they're gonna miss out on the deepest and best parts of who you are if your heart's closed off to God. And so to have an open heart to God, which leads to my heart being open to other people, and then when your heart's open, your hands are open. Two, whatever God's put in your hands, that's something that he has, he's giving you to give back to him and to be able to give away to the people who are around you. And so this faith statement of I'm gonna take some next steps and I'm gonna live as a person who has more than enough because God has given things to me. And, and we've, all, like we've all experienced generosity is probably a hard word to put. Like we've all given when our heart wasn't in it. And, and many of us have been on the receiving end from someone else when their heart wasn't in it. You know, I think back to when I was a kid and my brother and I would get in a fight and mom would say, you have to apologize to each other. <laughs> sorry, right? You know, and you hear that sorry back and we still wanna fight. Like it's just still that deal. And so, so there's, there's that and maybe you've been felt compelled to give because your boss's kid is trying to raise money or like we've all had to give when our heart's not in it. But when our heart's open to God and to his work in our lives and his generosity towards us and our heart's open to people and our hands are open, we get, to, we get to give the generosity that God has towards us. And it is a beautiful thing when God's generosity invades your life and my life and we just get to see that and participate in it and sit in it, enjoy it and see how full our hands really are and how God always keeps our hands full. You have, you have more than enough. In and through Jesus, I have more than enough. And so we get to be people who live with an open heart and with open hands. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to pray this, just pray for our generosity, our continued generosity, our next steps of generosity as a church. And then after I pray, I have some questions for you. These are just reflection questions. They're discussion questions. I hope you'll talk about them with the people who are in your life, or maybe in your small group. But I think these things will, be, will help us figure out where we are and what next steps look like for us. So would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, first of all, we're really grateful that you are generous to us. Thank you for meeting us in Jesus. Our deepest need for forgiveness, for, for life, for peace, 
for hope. And Jesus, thank you for, even though you were rich, you became poor so that through your poverty, people like us could be rich. And, and so we wanna encounter your generosity and that's not just a one-time thing. So I pray that in this moment, you would, you would make us aware again of your generosity towards us and we could see our hands full. So our hearts open to you, our hands are open so that you can fill it with the stuff that's important to you so that that stuff can flow from us into the lives of the people who are around us. Thank you for letting us participate in the things that you're doing. You're generous to us, so we'll be generous to each other. And Jesus, all of this comes to us through you, so we pray these things in your name, amen. All right, so let me give you these questions real quick. And the first one is, uh, am I receiving the generosity of God through Jesus? This is an important question. This is important for this moment. It's maybe about a spiritual decision you made a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, years ago. But is it true today? Am I encountering the generosity of God through Jesus? Is my heart open to him? Are my hands open to him so that I can receive what he wants to put into my life? Am I receiving the generosity of God through Jesus? And this next question is, what do I have that I know I have enough to give some of it away? Hey, what do I have in my life that I know that I have enough of that to give some of that away? And, and like, that's a great conversation to explore in a, in a family or with your friends of, of where do I have enough faith? This is really what I'm asking you. Where do you have enough faith to know that if I give some of this away, God's gonna put it back in my hands? So what do I have that I know I have more than enough to be able to give away? And then that next question, what do I have that I'm not sure I have enough to give away? And as you, as you think about what you have and how that might be made available to other people when that, ooh, <laughs> I'm not sure I have enough to be able to give. And this way, I don't know if I have enough, I don't know if I have the energy for giving everybody my phone number, right? So, so, so what do I have that I'm not sure I have enough to give away? And, and just to kind of be transparent and vulnerable, there's, there's no shame, there's just next steps in all this, right? So we invite the light of God into our lives, these places that we're not so sure, and then that last question, what do I need to give, and, and to whom, and how much? And it may be a money question, it may be a time question, it may be an energy question, it may be a smile question, it may be encouraging words question. Like, that's, like, this is a great question for you to ponder with people that love Jesus and love you and you love them, and, and for you to be able to kind of think through this and let the Lord speak into and over all that stuff. What, what do you need to give and who do you need to give it to? And how much of that should you be giving? And you get to follow the Lord in all that. And I wanna remind you of what God did for Abraham when he turned it loose. He turned it loose and God gave it back. If, if you will have your hands open to the Lord and open to other people. Your hands will never be empty, never be empty. Jesus has more than enough and God has given you, he has given you Jesus, he will give you everything else so that you can live with generosity, the generosity of God flowing into and flowing through your life and the lives of the people around you. And so I hope you'll take some next steps in this next week. So if that's your next step, one of the ways we wanna help you with that those of you in the room, if you'd like, we, we wanna send you a text every week. 
It will just be about generosity. And it's, it'll be something that, you know, maybe a song, maybe a Bible verse, maybe a quick story, maybe just a sentence, something you could talk about, just to remind you that, oh yeah, we're taking next steps in generosity this year. We'll send you one every week for the rest of the year. And if that's, if that's you, those of you here in the room, you can scan the QR code that's in front of you. Or for any of you, those of you online, those of you also here in the room, um, if you go to our website, there's a little seeds section. And if you click on that, it will take you to the sign up for the text statement. And, and what you'll get from us in that is a weekly seeds statement. I don't, we don't have any intention of doing any more with your number than just that one thing. But we wanna help you take your next step. So if that's you, I hope you'll do it. And thank you guys for being part of our worship service this weekend. I've really enjoyed this and I hope it's helpful and encouraging to you. So thanks for being here. Um, I love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you next weekend.